You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Ainsley McLeod is here, past life psychic, spiritual teacher, award-winning author. Ainsley, I found you in 2018 via the Oprah Winfrey podcast, which I'm a huge fan of hers. And I became such a huge fan of yours in that conversation um, because it was the first time I've heard anything of this kind of stuff. And so it was really, really fascinating. I'm so excited to have you here today. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I, I, I love I love the the topic. I love my work so much. Any excuse to talk about it. <laughs> well, let's start. I want to give the listeners a little bit of a background of just how you got on this journey in general, because I love your story in that you weren't always just this complete, like you associate yourself with a site or you call yourself a psychic now, but you didn't always even believe in psychics. And so it wasn't like you've just always been on this spiritual journey where you completely bought in. And so I want to give the listeners kind of that backstory. Can you talk about your journey into this work now? Yeah. Um, you know, for, for the longest time, I, I considered myself, even from the time I was tiny, I thought of myself as an atheist. I just really didn't believe there's anything beyond um, looking back, of course, it's completely absurd. It's um, cognitive dissonance at its best. You know, I was holding on to two two thoughts. You know, one almost nothing beyond what we see here, and then strangely, when all, all the time I was growing up, I had these weird kind of psychic experiences. But I never chalked it up to being psychic. I just thought <laughs> weird stuff seems to happen, and uh, and that was it. I was. Um, when was it? I was probably about 30 when um, somebody told me about a, a psychic they'd been to see. And I was fascinated. And uh, I th I thought, well, I, I'm, I'm going to go and talk to her. And part of me, again, this sort of cognitive dissonance thing, I was going, okay, I'm going to go and debunk her. And the other half going, whoa, I wonder what's going, going, you know, what this will be like. And I came out with my hair standing up on end, you know, after the session with her and kind of, it really opened my eyes, but I still, you know, went through for 
quite a few more years as a kind of non-believer. Um, and but except I was drawn to psychics and psychics were drawn mm. to me. I had this, you know, weird thing where where a number of times psychics would approach me. Um, one woman at Gatwick Airport, um, an older lady came up to me and she said, uh, you know, my spirit guides are telling me that you're psychic. And her husband, poor guy, is sitting there going, oh, my God, you know, what's she doing? And he's making apologies for her. And I'm, I was just fascinated. But looking back, I wish I'd gone, maybe I had more of a conversation with her. Um, so it was, I kept being told I was psychic. And then I had uh, a couple of kind of major epiphanies. And the one I talk about all the time because it was life transforming for me was um, I, I'd moved to the West Coast of the States. Uh, I'm originally from Scotland and, you know, gradually had drifted west over the years. And um, I took a, a trip to Hawaii. And when, it, when I was there, I was wandering around a bookstore in a very altered state. And I didn't know what was happening it was i mean i was aware conscious that i was really spacey and um there are a few little things that happened i won't go into but then the the really big thing was that i just kind of turned a corner and there was my uncle um like right there he i mean it was stunning because he'd been dead for about a decade at that point <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be stunning. <laughs> it really was. It was well. It really got my attention because you know I kept hearing from the psychics. You know, you're, you're psychic. You should be doing something with it. And I would always choke. Well, if, you know, I wouldn't be paying you if I would, if I could do it myself. Mm -hmm. but, um, I just didn't know how to get started or or whatever. I really believed that 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 I was. But that that experience was absolutely life changing for me because it was. It was so clear. It wasn't my um, imagination. I mean, it was. He was only there for a second, but real, kind of three-dimensional, if you like, just there and gone. But with a very clear message about working with me, which is something a number of psychics had said, and um, even by name. But he was an atheist as well, you know. And I, and I, I would say, well, I'd, they'd say, oh, he's a spirit guide, and I go, oh, yeah, I can't imagine him having anything to do with <laughs> with that. But anyway, I uh, long story short, I just, it was actually a couple of weeks after that that I just thought, well, let's give it a try. And um, I sat there quietly one evening and kind of just brought my uncle in, and he introduced me to other spirit guides, and, um, and that sort of launched me on what I'm doing right now. Okay. It was... It, it, it was a bumpy ride because I didn't really know, um, you know, quite what I was doing. And yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it took me quite a while to develop, um, you know, really strong communication with the other side. Practice, you know, it's, it's really important. Um, and I just, I just worked at it, you know. I mean, you mentioned that you, way. yeah, and you mentioned that you had experiences throughout your life of kind of these psychic moments, but you would dismiss them. Like, what kind of things were happening? Um, there were odd things like, um, I remember one time picking up a newspaper at the front door. I was about, I think I was probably about eight years old. And I picked up the newspaper in the morning and I looked at the headline and um, I thought, oh my God. And I'm looking at the date and I'm going, they've repeated the same story from a week ago. Same picture. And I knew the whole thing. I'd read it 
before and it was like whoa heads are gonna roll at the at the paper but um no i somehow and it and it, it wasn't a sort of deja vu thing i mean i was i very clearly oh i knew exactly the story and i was scanning it and yeah all the details um but that, again it was one of those things that i just chalked up to <laughs> i i don't know what that's all about yeah yeah, I don't. I remember there were, you know, odd, odd little things like, uh, um, kind of knowing what somebody was going to say, or certainly that thing where we, I think we all get this from time to time—the precognition when somebody calls. You know, you were just thinking about. It. Mm -hmm. um, but I would get that ridiculously, and I used to think that I was making things happen. Um, one was I remember when we, as a family, we went out in the car one Sunday for a drive. And I kept thinking, we're going to get a flat tire. We're going to get a flat tire. <laughs> you know, kind of. And then we'd get a flat tire, and I'm going, oh shit, I made this happen. Of course, what it wasn't, I didn't make it happen. It was that I was getting some precognition there. I just didn't know. I was putting a cart before the horse or something, or, you know, cause and effect getting mixed up. But um, lots of little things like that as I was growing up. But um, you know, nobody ever said to me, oh, my gosh, you're psychic. I don't know if I even shared any of those experiences with, with anyone. You know, it's just like... Just kind of weird moments. My, my world is kind of weird. You know? Right. So when you did finally lean in, what did that journey look like? Because you said you kind of, it took a minute to navigate. And I imagine you weren't just immediately like spitting out lines to write these books. Like it wasn't just right. coming to you so clearly. So what did that journey look like? It's kind of, uh, it was a little bumpy because uh, to begin with, you know, I, I, like I said, my uncle introduced me to the spirit guides, a team of spirit guides. And, Your dad, uh, uncle. I, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Just I clarifying. Know, very, very weird. <laughs> um, welcome to my world. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's kind of interesting looking back that, you know, they, they, they have a lot of answers, but they don't have all of them. And one of the things that we, we did work on to begin with was the, the means of communication. You know, was I more clairvoyant or clairaudient or, or whatever? Um, and all, even the sort of specific focus, I mean, it was, I, we tried a little bit of stuff, but then honed it. And it was really a lot to do with what interested me and, uh, you know, even why I was kind of selected for, for, for this work. I mean, I've always been fascinated by human behavior. Mm -hmm. and, you know, what makes people so weird and different and, and so on. And so, um, you know, I mean, I, d I did a few things to begin with, like, you know, helping to find missing person or missing objects. And I didn't want to get into the, the, the missing persons thing. I mean, the, the only couple of times I did it, they, it wasn't a big deal. You know, they came home the next day kind of thing. Um, but I didn't ever want to be the person having to deal with, you know, bad news. I mean, mm -hmm. child's dead or whatever. And, uh, the, and the, the missing objects thing, I did a little bit of that. But it wasn't very satisfying. It was like, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, it was, it was meaningful to the people I was helping. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I found my necklace or whatever. But it didn't exactly feel to me like I was changing the world or, you know, really doing something big and important. And uh, and the other thing was getting that sort of balance of clear audience, clear voice. The spirit guides call what I do clear audience. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, I mean, I was a psychic I knew in England who 
I mean, talking about eccentric, because I mean, this old guy, he had a spirit talking in his ear. I mean, he literally would be looking towards it and going, yes, 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 okay, I'll tell him. I'm going, Christ. Um, I've seen psychics like that. It yeah. is wild. Yeah, when they're talking to something, you're like, what are they talking to? <laughs> See, what I get are, um, it, oh gosh, how to describe it? It's like having a, a sentence. Mm -hmm. or, yeah, it's usually, I mean, it's like a whole sentence in my head. And there's nothing else in there. You know, in the moment, that's all I'm getting. And uh, it took me, you know, of course, it takes, I think, anybody doing this kind of work, it takes a while to um, really learn to trust your intuition and separate out your thoughts from, you know, what you're getting from the other side. Right. Uh, that, that was the tricky thing. And a lot of it, a lot of the validation just comes from doing the work. Because I was overly cautious. I was, uh, <laughs> my spirit guys you know, continually urging me to get out in the world, read people. And I was kind of delaying it. I, I worked with them for about three years, just honing the, the skill. And uh, before finally reading people, I was very afraid of getting things wrong, you know, screwing up somebody's life, and, mm -hmm. you know, or, or you know, because the consequences can be, you know, kind of huge, you know, somebody's putting your faith in, in what you say. So I was a little overly cautious about that and, and then making sure that I could really distinguish between my thoughts and what I was getting um, from from the spirit guides that I work with. So, and, and it's something that's just, it's been a trajectory, you know, it's just become kind of easier as, as time's gone on. I mean, I've been doing it now for, well, I think the encounter with my uncle was about 25 years ago. And so, uh, you know, I've been... I've been reading people for over 20 years. Uh, the one remarkable thing was about um, three, four years ago, four years ago now, actually. Actually, almost to the day. Yeah, in two days, it'll be f the fourth anniversary of my my open heart surgery. Oh, wow. So, yeah, which was, it had some, some strange spiritual components to it as well. Um, but the, the one thing that uh, happened after that is that my um, psychic ability seemed to go through the roof after mm. I healed. Um, now, interestingly, the spirit guides have said that literally the soul resides in the heart or in the heart chakra, but it's in that part of the world. As they say, it's pretty obvious because this is why we get heartache and, you know, um, things, you know, where we'll feel emotions in our hearts because that's where the, the the soul resides. So there was something about getting them. My issue was just a mechanical one, so I, I had to repair it onto a valve. And uh, the, it, for me now, reading somebody is like reading a book or something. It's, it, it used to be much more of a struggle. Um, I mean, it still be as accurate, but it took me maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. And now it's uh, it's relatively easy. That's the only thing that's been weird is that now, okay, now it's become really easy to do. However, the energy it takes is enormous. Mm. So I, can't, I can't do a lot of sessions. Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I could be a rich man now, but yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't do that many. I've always wondered that with psychics or any sort of intuitive, like it seems like it would be very draining of your life energy even. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, somebody, sometimes people say, oh, oh I just have a quick 10 minute question well mm -hmm. there's never that you know, no. <laughs> like, you know it, it, it takes preparation 
and uh, and a little bit of recovery time and everything. So it's not, uh, you know, oh, it's never just a, a quick question. Right. But, uh, and I learned, uh, you know, some protocols and everything. I mean, I always go through a uh, kind of ritual, um, if you like, every every time I start a session or before a session, I spend 10 minutes with my spirit guides, um, <coughs> excuse me, working with them and really kind of getting in the zone. It's like a little meditation and uh, sometimes finding little things to, to talk about. Very often Ooh. these days when I do a session, I'll get a whole past life about somebody before they even call, which has been uh, very helpful. It, it, it helps often to, to validate things for people. because Yeah. That makes sense. I did a, I did a session with you last year and that was my experience was that it was very validating in terms of me understanding why I felt called to certain things, even though sometimes they don't make sense in my life now. Um, I'll feel it in my gut. Like I need to go this way. And I'm like, why, why do I need to, you know, it, it's not necessarily something that looks like it would work with the life I've set up for myself at this point. Um, and so that was very, very clear and apparent to me during our reading, a lot of my past life stuff came to just, or it just gave me so much clarity about those things. Yeah. Um, and then it just also really cleared up a lot of my questions about soul purposes. And so that's kind of where I want to go next because you've now written three books and it is interesting the way you just described your journey. And it does feel like you've put a lot of weight and thought and effort and practice into what you're telling people, which is comforting for those of us who you're reading, obviously. Um, but what would you say, because I'm assuming since you're on such a public platform, you know, that you get a lot of naysayers, like how, why should we believe you though? Like, how do we know these things that you're writing in books and these parts about soul levels and our soul journey and reincarnation? Like, how do we know that that is real? How do you know that that is real? Well, you know, the, the one thing people, people often ask me, you know, what, what, what do you say to, to those people who, who don't believe in past lives, for example? Well, I don't say anything. I just, I just, I really, <laughs> right. I, it's like, I can't be arsed, you know, it's kind of like, it just yeah. seems like I'm not in the, I'm not in the business of trying to convince anybody of anything. It's like, here's the information. If, it's, if it speaks to you, that's fine. If it doesn't, that's fine too. Um, it feels to me that life is too short. And mm. I, and uh, yeah, when I first started doing it, I was, I was blown away. I mean, I was going, oh my God, I'm talking to these invisible entities on the other other side. This is, and I wanted people to know. And, uh, you know, family members I found were not particularly interested and they're going, oh my God, you know, we, we know you were dropped on your head or something. Right, he's or lost it. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you, know. Um, it, you know, it was funny though, it, like a lot of people I found, like some family members, uh, and they were like me, you know, they, they, they had had spiritual experiences yeah. and still thought um, this, this is uh, crazy stuff. So, you know, um, I, I just learned very, very quickly that when I, when I was so excited and trying to get this stuff across, like I'd be, I'd be telling somebody and I'd be getting really excited and they're just looking at me. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I would just kind of, I would dry up, you know, it's like, oh, you know, okay. And yeah, I just got the point where I'm just going, okay, 
well, this is what I do if you want to talk to me about it. Mm. People will happily talk. Like I said at the beginning, I just, I love my topic so much. You know, I could really talk about this all day, every day, but to the right people. Uh, and some people are not ready to hear it as well. Mm -hmm. I would have been like that at one point. And uh, so, you know, I, I think for a, a lot of people who are skeptical about it, it's the, the validation comes from just getting the information. Does it make sense or doesn't it? And, uh, you know, um, I think that that helps. But most most of the people I talk to, 99.9% .9 of the people I talk to are, you know, already open to this kind of work. I've never right. been an interesting thing for me because I didn't, I went through the longest time where I wouldn't have believed in past lives, but um, I don't think I've had a single client in at least 10 years who hasn't been really just accepting of the, the mm -hmm. past lives. It's kind of interesting. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code Velvet's Edge at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Well, and then the interesting thing is when you get the reading, that was a part of my experience as you told me about a specific past life that really spoke to some of the things I struggle with and specifically was struggling with 
in that moment that didn't line up. Like I've done so much therapy going, why, why am I like, like, where did this come from thinking it was some childhood experience, yeah. mm -hmm. but it was really probably a past life experience and some little bits of it came into this lifetime. Um, but the biggest impact was old and I was still working through making that right in this lifetime. I think we all, we all do that. You know, we, we, we think, oh, it must be something in my childhood or I yeah. this memory. Um, I, you know, I always think of it like the, like the iceberg, you know, if you're just looking at this life, you're looking at that top bit of the iceberg, but there's mm. all the past lives beneath. And, uh, and you know, people say, well, you, you don't remember your past lives. I argue that we do. We just don't remember them necessarily cognitively, but we um, we hold fears, phobias, limiting beliefs, um, talents and abilities, um, uh, and and issues in our body as well. Mm -hmm. That's one of the most fascinating things. How you you get um, what I call Achilles body parts, areas of weakness that are related to injuries or disease or something in a past life, a trauma usually. Um, so we actually do remember our past lives. And if you think, you know, if you, if you know what to look for. Right. You know, I mean, like I say, all talents, for example, all, they're all past lives, you know, especially when you see little children, thanks to YouTube, you know, you see many of these, you know, where you've got little kids playing amazing guitar at four years old or a piano at two years old and that sort of thing. They didn't just learn to do that in the two or four years that they've been on mm -hmm. the they're, they're bringing in this ability from earlier incarnations, and then it just makes it easy. They're relearning something, so they're they're just kind of natural. But anytime we talk about it, somebody having a talent, it's because they've, they've done it before. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Well, let's talk a little bit just about the basics of what it is you write about in these books with, we're mentioning past lives. And you talk about the 10 levels, which really resonates with me. When we did my reading, you told me my level and it made so much sense. Cause I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> that would make uh, sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, the yes. <laughs> being around a block exhaustion. Kind yes. Of that's how I feel. Um, and so it gave me a lot of peace in that because it makes sense why I would feel that way. But let's talk about that because no, no levels of this one through 10 are good or bad. We've all been through all of them or we will all go through all of them. And so can you explain to the listeners what you talk about in the book about level one through 10 with our lives? Yeah. Well, this is a way to, to understand where you fit into the great scheme of things. Okay. Because if you know, if your, your soul doesn't come here once, if you have past lives, it implies that you were once a young soul, if you're an old soul now and, uh, there are these 10 levels, they have multiple lifetimes uh, at each. Um, according to my spirit guides, it would take most people somewhere around 110, 120 lifetimes to get through the whole experience. So roughly 10 lives at each, at each of these 10 levels. But um, you have level one to five, which is the young soul experience. Uh, then there's a sort of 180 degree flip that happens and then you go into the sort of old soul level you're, you're right up at the end you're right at the end of level nine mm -hmm. which is where most of my clients are this is a time of questioning mm -hmm. you want to get it right you don't want to waste time you haven't got a lot of lifetimes ahead so you you want to make sure you're on track and doing doing all the right things young souls never come to me i've never had a young soul client 
Um, they're just not interested in this kind of Yeah, thing. I can imagine. <laughs> that flip that I was talking about is really one where you go from a more external focus to, to more internal. Okay. To more introspection. And that's more of a sort of sign of being an older soul. Uh, okay. I mean, of course, you can be an older soul and have no introspection, but it's more common to find that in, in older souls. So the younger souls, um, they're, they're learning. Well, we're all learning. I mean, right up to the, to the end. Um, I love something my, my guides always say is that um, uh, perfection is not the goal. Because sometimes mm. people say to me, I'm going to be here for, you know, until I get, you know, lose all my fears. This, this idea that, uh, this happens a lot when I say to somebody, oh, you're an extremely old soul. You know, this could be your last life. You never know until you go and process this on the mm -hmm. plane when you're done, but you could be. And uh, and the, the, the people go, oh, but, but how, can I, how can I be such a, an old soul if I've got so many fears and anxieties and worries? Um, because there's this idea that you get to be a really old soul and you're going to be like Yoda or something. Right. Kind of like all Zen-like and you've got all the answers. Um, but you have, to some extent, you um, you know, as a lot of old souls, you know, and if it's like the more you know, the the more you learn, you don't know, um, the more humility maybe that you have. Um, but, you know, the the goal is, um, it's to learn things like the importance of love. I mean, you mm. know, love is the ultimate uh, goal. So, you know, compassion, empathy, um, you know, right now you've got the young souls go, going, um, uh, you know, all anti-woke. <laughs> You know, and the old souls, what's wrong with being woke and compassionate <laughs> and happy? You know, this is what, and, and that is what we hear, you know, it's a sign of being an older and more mature soul to actually relate to other people. That's mm -hmm. what the whole experience is, because the older the soul, the more whoever you look at, you, you, you've kind of been there, you know, so that's where the empathy comes from. You're building that all the time and the young souls just, you know, they, they don't quite have it. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, they're the ones who tend to be a little more ambitious and driven and tend to run most countries and corporations and that sort of thing. Um, this world is not a great place for a lot of old souls. It can be hard to find your community, feel you belong. The short, I was going to go back and say that the, the, the spirit guides will always say that perfection is not the goal. Um, you just want to have learned these really fundamentally important lessons, the important lessons of it personal freedom, about justice, about love, um, all, uh, really big, big lessons there. Um, they say that, you know, if perfection were the goal, we'd all be here forever. And, uh, right. You know, we'd never get out of this place. It's just you get to a point, you still get to a point where it goes, yeah, I think I've, I got it, enough. Right. But that right. doesn't mean you can't still be dealing with, part of the reason a lot of old souls are dealing with anxieties and fears is because the veil is very thin between this plane and the next. The older you get, you, you know you're practically touching the, your, your mm -hmm. the spirit world, and uh, and so you tap into the soul and your and your intuition is, is that's just the voice of your spirit guides, um, and unfortunately you also tap into past lives, and they can contain some very negative experiences, and every fear phobia phobias are all death related fears. Um, you know, so something like you know, a common one would be where somebody's got a fear of public speaking. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's actually a, a phobia is just a death related fear um it's where that's why soul can freak out because it or cause you to freak out because it's going oh my god we're going to die again like we did in the past life and, oh that makes so know. i have such a fear of heights and so that's interesting yeah. well let's take heights for for example you know the commonly that will be something like a fall from a horse okay in the past in the past life so uh, there's some other weird causes there's there's one which is uh, you often see on a battlefield death if you're if you're there one second and you're gone the next you know you get mm -hmm. blown up and you're just you you just evaporated um and the soul is kind of left hanging and there's this it's almost like something like the soul's there and the body's gone there's this, and that seems to create a fear of heights but very commonly it's something like uh you know like a skiing accident or or just you know it's a fall yeah um, yeah uh, one funny little aside on that is that i've talked to so many people over the years who um have a fear of heights mm -hmm. and yet they've done something like skydiving or bungee jumping no thank and, you but they, but they <laughs> but they can't even go up one step on a ladder right but the reason that people will often do things like that is the soul is always trying to overcome the fear so it pushes you into situations where you have to face the fear and uh yeah but i understand you're probably in no hurry to uh dive off a bridge or <laughs> it just doesn't appeal to me but i don't know i mean who knows stranger things have happened but yeah when i climb a ladder or i'm on a high platform I, my body physically freezes and it's like i can't move it is yeah. the, it's and it's gotten worse as i've gotten older and i don't know what that is yeah um well it's it's it can be just, yeah, it's a funny thing about uh, some of the fears that they get triggered by mm -hmm. something and they, you know, they, sometimes even a fear can be dormant for a long time or throughout a big chunk of your life. And uh, an example, a very common one that I see coming on sort of later is often a fear of loss. Mm, this yeah. comes from losing loved ones in a past life, say. Um, and uh, sometimes a person doesn't know they have a fear of loss until they have something they they can lose you know like mm -hmm. they, they might not know know they have it until they have a a mortgage in a family or, or children would be the big one you know if, if you if you check your baby's breathing all the time and you're worried about constantly losing them that would go back to a past life um i, I don't mean you know it's, this is not just where we most of us would have a normal concern that's fine sure it's where you get really stressed out oh my god what's going to happen afraid to let them go on a play date or something uh, go to the park or whatever that's it's a fear of repetition so the soul is causing alarm so a lot of people don't know they have a fear of loss until they have children mm -hmm. or something to lose that makes total sense so if we start buying into this story of reincarnation you mentioned in your books the three different planes mm -hmm. that exist can you tell the listeners about those three different planes yeah um, you have the 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 earthly plane the physical plane which we're all on mm -hmm. right right now very solid very three-dimensional there's the astral plane which is um where we go between lives um the astral plane is really where we we go to process the life that we've had and plan for the one that's that's coming along next it's where we make decisions like uh you know where where do i want to live what sort of family do i want to come into 
what sort of lessons do I need to learn? What karma am I working through? So you, you make all these decisions. Your soul makes these decisions very pragmatically on the mm -hmm. side. Because if it was up to us, you know, with our more conscious minds on the physical plane, we'd all be choosing to be billionaires or, right. <laughs> or you know, Hollywood actors. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but the soul is just very pragmatic and it will just be on the other side going, Okay, well, I had this experience, and now I need to balance it by something else. I mean, that's basic karma. You know, for example, it's like, you know, I, I uh, maybe I took took some lives when I was in the military in this last life, the next life, you might come in to be a healer because you want to, mm. um, you know, address the balance. Balance it out. Like the, yeah, like the karmic pendulum is always swinging from, you know, one side to the other. So you, your soul always wants to see both sides of the, the coin. And... Uh, you know, maybe you had loads of wealth in one life and the soul goes, okay, great. Now let's see what it's like to uh, go the other way, you know, and have, you know, struggle to make ends meet. Yeah. Um, and all of it, you know, all, all, you know, your soul, it will, it will be in all parts of the world over its many, many lifetimes. And, you know, looking for, you know, so it's on the astral plane going, okay, what was this baby about to be born in China? And the the parents, I'm working through some, fears of rejection. I want that to be triggered so that I can work on it. And they're going to be detached and disinterested because they're working all the time. So what a great way to come in. It's weird, but you know, the soul is just thinking prag pragmatically all the time. Yeah, we can trigger fears. Um, it might be like a fear of judgment. Okay, we're going to have very critical parents and that will force this fear to the surface. So then we can work through it. And the other uh, plane of existence you were talking about is the causal plane, which is, and and, and there may be others. I, these are just the three planes that come up in, in the work. And this is where my spirit guides reside. And this is really where um, where the, the soul goes after it's done, after it's been on the physical plane, it's done with that, it goes, to, you know, becomes a spirit guide on the astral plane, and then eventually will kind of meet up with the whole soul family. Soul family is just a bunch of souls who came into the world at the same time as you. And you will connect with each other all the way through your lives. You know, this is soulmates and old friends, as my spirit guides would call them. And you, you, it's the, the great game is what my guides call their work on the other side to make sure that we all meet each other and we can't, re, you know, the right person. Um, we don't always listen to the nudges and so on, but if we are paying attention, we, they will help us to recognize a soulmate or something when, when they come along and push us to make the connections. The older the soul gets, the more it wants to share the experience with those souls it's known before. Because it, is, is that the experience when you meet someone and you look in each other's eyes and you're like, I know you, like yeah. we've known each other, you feel familiar to me. Are they a part of your soul family? That's a big sign. Okay. Absolutely. That the the sense of familiarity. I had this once in a a restaurant in in London. I lived in London for fifteen years, and uh, there was a bunch of us at a table in a restaurant. I think it was about twenty people there, and I knew some of them, but you know a lot I didn't. And there was one woman there. I'm going. So where do I know you from? You're really familiar. And it got into this. It was it, it was driving me nuts because it turned out there was no way that I could have met her before, but it was like. Oh my God! It's like that's such a, a feeling. Where where is it? You know, this is before I did this work, and you know, now I'd understand where it came from. But it was massively frustrating. It's like, uh, like, God, I know you, I know you, but 
Yeah, like, but like, it like doesn't make sense. Have, you know, right? Uh, That's um, so, so fascinating. Yeah, you you know the. I, I I've often said that I think that we would value our relationships much more if we knew how much work went into getting us to meet each other. The other thing, though, I think is that we would be more careful about getting involved with those who are not, we don't feel that connection. Mm -hmm. um, because, um, you know, uh, and especially with romantic relationships. Like that we wouldn't, if we didn't feel aligned with that person, we wouldn't even walk yeah. forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it has been a huge epiphany to me. Um, you know, there's a lot that's come up, I guess, in the last couple of years of just, maybe this is my soul's learning period of evolution with this stuff, but even just the mirroring that comes up in relationships, like what you were talking about when we we're in the astral plane, deciding who our family is going to be. And I think I used to always feel like in life when bad things were happening, like it felt like a punishment in some capacity. And now my understanding is more, it's triggering something like you said, to come up so that it can be healed probably from a past life. Or sometimes it's been in the same lifetime for me, um, that I don't really know is like still sitting there, but that's what all these relationships are for. And we're not doing it to cause ourselves pain, but we're on this constant journey for our soul to evolve. Like it's for our own evolution and it's, for our highest good, ultimately. Um, I, I mean, you're spot on with that. The the um, the problem is that we often we repeat things. I mean, I'll, I'll tell somebody about a past life sometimes, and they'll say, "Wait a minute, are we talking about this life?" Yeah, last one, because we'll we'll often if we don't learn if we don't draw the right connections from an experience. Um, we will, the soul will then say, okay, we didn't get in there, so we'll, we'll do, do this again. Um, one thing the spirit guides say, and I, th I think it's, uh, it's so wise, is that they'll say that the experience is not the lesson. The lesson is what you draw from the experience. And there's always a positive lesson from mm. any experience, no matter how awful the, the experience itself. Um, and when I started to see life like that, it was like, like an epiphany it's like oh right okay that that totally makes sense because this is where you get patterns you know I, my my pattern for example in this life was getting in, involved with narcissistic partners um almost, same yeah almost, <laughs> i have that same pattern <laughs> yeah almost always with mm -hmm. uh, an alcohol or substance abuse problem as well mm -hmm. so there's some karma there because i had been a, an opium addict in a past life and it had radically affected my family. Um, so there's some balancing there. But there's also just these patterns that we get into. If you, you know, the, the goal is to break the pattern. Um, so for the fears and so on to be brought up. And then it, you can work through it. You know, um, unfortunately, what I was doing for the, for the longest time was... Uh, because it's all sort of really, well, it's before and, and then during, you know, period of when I was doing this work, but I'd already embarked on that relationship. Um, if I'd known this stuff before, I'd have been much more kind of cautious. And I'd also have really worked on things like um, becoming more self-empowered, um, mm. overcoming the, the tendency to be very codependent, um, which is all just a past life issue. Um it doesn't mean you have to work through it doing past life work, lots of other ways. But um, I, I went into the same pattern with, you know, I mean, 
It started with my, my dad. It went through, you know, different relationships. And it felt like I had a target on my back. It wasn't just romantic relationships. So it, um, it happened to people I worked with and, and so on. Um, I was a, a target for bullies. And I felt ashamed of it, you know, like something wrong with me and, you know, God, why is it always happened to me? And, um, and what I wasn't doing was taking, taking any lesson away from the experiences. And I was just getting into the same thing each time. And it was like, oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the whipping boy for somebody else's issues. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, you, you, it, it's, when you have this fear of inferiority, which comes from being like downtrodden in a past life, you know, often a, a mistreated servant or something like that, well, you're going to have real issues around self-worth in this life. And that can really, uh, it can cause you to do a number of things. Settling in a relationship is probably number one. Instead of what, what you should be doing is saying, hey, I deserve to be treated respectfully and kindly. Um, you know, now having done all this work over the, you know, last couple of decades if somebody um treated me like you know like i've been bullied in the past i would just i would just go here take a hike get out of here yeah put up with this bullshit um but i hadn't learned to do that and i just that's what happens whether it's between lives or multiple times in this life um i mean you very rarely you know i mean when i'm working with clients and if i see that narcissism you know they're drawing narcissists in um it's never just one, you know, it's multiple times, whether it's a parent, mm. husband, whatever. I mean, like it's colleague, friends. Yeah. yeah. And you, you can really take the target off your back by um, learning boundaries, for example, mm-hmm. so the, the, the fear of inferiority. When, you, when you're working through that, you have you have a tendency to have no boundaries. And especially for if you grow up in a family where there are no boundaries as well, you wouldn't. Need, a lot of people I work with are like me; they wouldn't even know what a boundary was. Um, right. But but once you once you do that, the bullies will leave you alone. Once you overcome the, the fears and and um, develop boundaries, they're not going to you know, they're not going to tussle with you. Um, they they're like narcissists are like sharks; they smell the blood in the water, or the the, the weak one in the pack or whatever i mean they're cowards so you know they 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 don't go after somebody who's going to kick their butt they go after somebody they can bully and take advantage of so learning to really stand up for yourself and so on these can be very important lessons if you for example been a um if you've been enslaved or imprisoned or something in a past life you can have a huge fear around powerlessness and um that can put you in a passive mode I mean, there's lots of things that will come from past lives. One is a lot of uh, a lot of people who um, had uh, have, where they've experienced death, particularly or injury in a past life, through through being around angry people. And this can be on a battlefield or somewhere where there's a lot of rage, or in a in a household where there's domestic violence or something. They'll come into this life with a tendency to go into a passive place. Um, if somebody raises a voice because the soul makes a connection. I put this in my last book. It's an equation that anger equals rage equals violence and possibly even death. So this is where so often um, you can find yourself uh, like, you know, somebody is raising the voice or even as a threat of the raised voice and you go into that passive place because you're going, oh, my God, this could 
deep down, Soul's going, this could, this could, uh, or the fear is telling Soul anyway, that this could go horribly, it could get dangerous. So you become a pl placator, people pleaser. Um, right. Let's, let's just, you know, calm everything down, you know, and, and avoiding confrontation for, for that reason. So, you know, I, I always think the fast track is to work through the past life. Find what caused you to, to, to react that way um, and get rid of that. And then the soul no longer uses that for reference. And then you can really, you know, build that self-empowerment. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. That makes total sense to me. You told me that in a past life I was kidnapped and it made so much sense why I came in in this family that I did in this lifetime. And it has given me this ability now to kind of connect the dots on some things. And then it's like this release because none of the things that are coming in or even the relationships that I'm drawing in that have been painful, um, they don't feel painful anymore in some way. It's almost like, oh, that was here for this. And like, look where it shifted me now. Um, and even like in I'm dating currently and in dating right now, it's like the, the people coming in, I can see the experience that it's giving me in using boundaries, like you said, or in, yeah. um, like why I would have brought them into my life or if they need to leave immediately. It's just very interesting. Once you kind of get this stuff, how it switches your perspective of life in general. Yeah, immediately. You, you can really get into a sort of zero tolerance uh, place about any kind of you know BS or mistreatment right. or, or or whatever. And so, um, you know this, 
this thing that uh, Maya Angelou said about when people show you who they are, believe them. So many souls, especially if there's some sort of self-worth issue, so many, so many old souls will, um, they'll, there's a couple of things play into it. One is that you're seeing the, the, the kind of beauty of the soul beneath the surface very often and missing some of the signs, the warning signs. That is me completely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, my, my, my motto almost was like, well, all she needs is a love of a good man. And <laughs> you know, some of everything's going to be okay. Danger, danger. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, um, yeah. So we can, we can overlook things. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, somebody I was working with who, um, when I told her about that and she was, I said, I bet you saw all the signs, you know, when you met the guy, it would be five years before and then they married and divorced. And, uh, she said, oh, yeah, you know. They're all there. Yeah. It was right there. First date. She said, yeah. we, we met for an hour, sank two bottles of wine, and he drank almost all. <laughs> there you go. Right. fight with a waitress, you know, that kind of thing. And right. All the signs were there. But we tend to, especially a lot of, you know, uh, for different reasons that can go to soul types, you know, personality you've chosen, um, that you can be very idealistic and kind of um, see the potential or see, try and see past that. Oh, well, you know, they and make excuses, you know, they must have had a bad day at the office or, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and then like this woman, five years down the line, you're getting divorced and going, boy, all the signs were there, you know, the, the rage or anger or whatever. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned the personality types, which is something I wanted to touch on as well. And there's 10 different personality types. You talk about this a lot in the old, old souls handbook. Um, so we have a type that we come to this lifetime with, and then we have a, is it a subtype or a? Yeah, primary influence is. Uh, primary influence. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? Yeah, so the, you know, our personalities are made up of uh, a number of these, these are sort of archetypes. Uh, they're, they're based on what we've done in previous lifetimes. And one of the things, in fact, I even use this as a chapter title in the, in the, gui in the guidebook is that um, you wouldn't choose flip-flops to climb Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. um, you choose your personality for the journey that your soul sees coming up. So, you know, if, if you're going to be a leader in some, some capacity, um, then you would choose a leader in your soul types. You know, it might be your main soul type or maybe one of the influences. And how we, how we put ourselves together is it's almost with a combination. We don't have all 10. Some people, like I only have three elements, which is very rare to have so few, but it's because for various reasons, if I had too much going on, I would be so dissipated. I'd be doing this mm -hmm. thing, next thing. It's hard enough anyway. Um, you know, I mean, I would just, I've got so many things I'm fascinated by. You know, I want to be learning this. I want to be playing my guitar. I want to be painting and, uh, you know, I want to be writing a book. And, you know, so if I had too much in my soul types, God, I would, uh, I'd never, I'd be all over the place. So most people I work with maybe have four or five or even six elements. In fact, somebody I was talking to a few days ago, I'd worked with her before, she had seven elements that would show up. So the, the, um, I actually have your notes here. Can I talk about? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's not too personal? No, go ahead. I talk about everything on here. Great. Well, I could show you just how this this would show up. So like almost everybody I talk to, you're a, a spiritualist soul type. Um, this comes from past lives as a healer, um, healer uh, contemplative. You know, you could have lifetimes in the monastery, 
a nunnery. Um, also, you could be in a physician, surgeon, acupuncturist, um, midwife. I mean, it's anything is to do with helping people, but with a sort of spiritual bent, if you like, you have a primary leader influence. And this has a lot to do with what you're doing right now. You mm. learn to be a leader through, you know, taking leadership roles in the past. One of the things that often goes with that is a love of the outdoors. I don't know if you do have that. It's a, a typical thing. You learn to be a leader in very sort of outdoorsy kind of activities. Um, so, you know, I often see that. But, um, uh, and it, it, the thing is, if it's in there, you will, it, well, in fact, one thing you might have noticed is people putting you in a position of authority, like a responsibility without you even having to try because they just know you would step up and mm -hmm. responsibility. That does happen. And so mm -hmm. on, yeah. Um, it gives you uh, a little bit of extra masculine energy mm. um, in a good way and, you know, uh, nothing wrong with it. It's, a, it's um, It can surprise people. I'm sure you found that when... Yeah, you know, <laughs> a when lot. You, you know, they're looking at the feminine exterior. They uh -huh. like, oh, I can push you around, but then, you know, it's going to be a part of you that sort of stands up. That happens to me a lot in dating. Mm -hmm. yeah. That, the surprise part, I mean. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you know, it, it could definitely be underestimated. Yeah. There, um, the uh, there is a sort of um, communication style as well with with leaders, and also the t the tendency to want to uh, kind of want to want solutions. You know. Um, oh, I also describe it too as as um, choosing the leader because we, we we touched on this about you being a really old soul that the um, you know you've been around the block. Mm -hmm. Like the the fatigue, the old soul fatigue. Oh yeah. Thing, and uh, and so I I call this Viagra for the soul. It gets a little bit more drive going that might not be there otherwise, especially as a primary influence. Let me see what else you got there. You got the um, performer in there. This is, comes comes from lifetimes as a singer, dancer, actor, um, presenter, salesperson, anything where you're dealing with people and in the public. Um, in your case, this is related to one of the fears that you're trying to get over. And that fear is, um, it's one of self-expression. Mm. You're really learning to speak your truth in this life. And look at you in front of a microphone. I mean, this is like <laughs> perfect. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's you know, so I, spot on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because um, what, a, what a great way to learn to overcome the fears mm -hmm. and you know i'm sure you had some trepidation first no oh, i didn't want to do it <laughs> right. <laughs> right i said no actually uh, I'd look at you now there we uh, go yeah uh, i did i didn't talk in public for 30 years I, would, I wouldn't do it i've run out so many rooms i mean huge fear of public speaking which is it goes back to judgment and execution in a past life and so the soul goes oh my god we're in the spotlight oh my god we're going to die and you know it's how i literally used to feel in front of an audience and you know i mean literally 30 years i just didn't couldn't talk in front of more than like two or three people at a time yeah easy i'd have a full-blown panic attack you know about that now i get on interviews on stage i, I joke that i'm making up for lost time Right. <laughs> now you've been on Ellen DeGeneres, Oprah, <laughs> I know. all the and big I could, platforms. I could not have done that. Yeah. I could not have done it before. Before working through the past life fear, 
uh, or, or fears, multiple fears. Actually, it happened when I was working on my first book and the spirit guide said, like, you know, I started praying for failure, <laughs> like, oh my God, I hope this book doesn't sell or I have to, you know, give interviews and go on the radio or something. And, uh, you know, I, you know, starting to have a panic attack just thinking about it. And the spirit guys went, oh, for goodness sake, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk. He literally said that, sit down, my son, we need to talk. And, um, and they went, look, let's, you know, we need to work on these fears because you can't be, you know, putting a book out and then not wanting to sell it, you know. That's, yeah. And so a lot of people, they write a book and then they, they spend two years writing the book and two minutes promoting it because mm -hmm. parts, so, you know, can be so uncomfortable. Let me see what else is in your uh, soul types here. So uh, you have the creator, um, very sensitive part of you. This comes from lives as an artist and uh, the when you have the performer and creator together, almost always it uh, creates a love of uh, dance, uh, yoga, or elegant movement. Um, that lines do you, up. Do you dance or do you like to dance? I did for a really 14 years when I was younger, and I still do yoga. So yeah, it doesn't have to be dancing formally or anything. People say, "Oh, this, I don't do it for a living." You know, it's right? Just in the kitchen, you know, or whatever. Totally. So, there's something about the, the with this combination that the movement helps to integrate mind body and spirit mm -hmm. in fact with the with the with a strong leader in you um one of the things that can really help if you ever feel a bit of a malaise is get on a treadmill or you know like a brisk walk or exercise, yeah. get to the gym or, or something um again you can integrate mind body and spirit through that it's not just the endorphins kicking in it's mm -hmm. it's a it's a sort of deeper spiritual thing and let me just go to what else oh yeah here's uh I was going to say, here's where it, where it gets interesting. You have um, the thinker, a very rational part of you. Um, this just comes from lives as an academic um, explorer. It gives you curiosity. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you probably read a lot. You're, you're I do. Learning a lot. And uh, the last element is interesting because of you having that very masculine leader in you. It's super softened by having a caregiver influence. And a caregiver you develop through lifetimes it can be taking care of children, the mentally ill, sick and dying, animals as well. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Do you have good animal karma? I do. I don't have any pets, but the second I walk into anyone's house with a pet, it just gravitates towards me and will not leave my side. The, Every time. The pets, the pets know those amongst us. Who is that what it is? Have, my have, friends laugh about it. Yeah, they're like, oh, there he goes. Yeah, It's just like yeah. an attachment. I had, a, I had an experience once where um, a, a cat uh, in, in a remote gallery in a, somewhere in the the wilds of uh, California, um, this little art gallery in really remote area. Um, I, I walked in there and uh, there was a cat followed me in and then I just picked her up and uh, I draped her across the, the back of my neck, which I used to do with cat that I had as a kid. And I'm just going around looking at paintings and people, are, I noticed people at the door sort of pointing and whispering and, and then, uh, you know, I, Ten minutes later or something, I, I get over to the door and the cat just leaps off and runs away. And everyone's going, that cat's feral. It's never come near anybody. And I'm like, Dr. Doolittle, you know. Right. Cat whisperer. <laughs> but, uh, but it, you know, we, we develop the, the communication um, through empathy. Uh, mm. One of the reasons you'll see caregivers taking care of children and maybe the sick and the dying is um, uh, because there's an ability to communicate with those who are less verbal mm-hmm. might be and uh, you know to, uh, to really de- the empathy allows you to detect um, kind of nonverbal signals as well um, but it's really how you you again open your heart and which is the you know saying about the goal being to really learn compassion and love and and empathy these are things yeah. that are that's our soul's important purpose right is just yeah. to to keep learning empathy and love. It's funny because that's what I test on. I think it's interesting to know that I'm an old soul because if I take any sort of personality test, my highest thing that I test for is empathy. It's just like this thing. And it's not something in this lifetime I've ever had to work for. It's just how I I operate. So obviously my soul is really wanting to tap into that in this lifetime. Um, But I think it's interesting. I was going to ask you, what would you say in summary is like, what, why would people need to know this or want to know this? Like, what are the benefits of knowing your soul type or even your soul level? Well, I, I think the more you understand about yourself from a spiritual point of view, the more you can live, you know, the subtitle of my first book, live the life your soul intended. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for me uh, doing this work, one of the most important things was self-acceptance. Because you know I'm a super empathic, uh, mm-hmm. gentle soul, and uh, and creator type. I'm very very creative. I mean everything I do is sort of creative, um, and and I have a lot of empathy. But it was you, these were not qualities. You know, growing up in the northeast of Scotland, you know that were necessarily regarded as admirable. You know, right? Tough going through school you know, being that sort of sensitive empath. And, uh, you know, for years I covered it up as well, pretended I was 
tougher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't do a really great job of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, I, I was raised um, really to be ashamed of being so sensitive. Mm-hmm. And it was like a lot of people will get with that, you know, instead of people saying, you know, you're highly sensitive and that's wonderful. It's, of course, it allows me to be a psychic and an artist and so on uh, and a musician. But um, it was so seen as you're too sensitive and like it's a fault. And I found understanding this work and how I was put together, um, it helped me to understand my path as well. I always had a fairly good sense of what it is at any point where it's meant to be doing. I some always some sense of direction. But there were always people trying to push me in other ways. No matter where I was in my life, there was always somebody trying to, you know, discourage me or tell me to, to you know, it's crazy. Or, you want to be a psychic? Oh, no. You know, you know. I mean, I told my pa- partner that, I mean, the first time it happened was telling a partner that I, I gave up a job as an art director in an ad agency to become a freelance illustrator. And for her, it was like um, shocking for somebody. She was huge past life fears around, around loss and so on. So she saw it as being almost like, how could I throw everything away and take a chance like this? She was so security conscious um, and extremely discouraging about this path whereas i saw it as being safer you know rather than having one job i could that is interesting eggs in different baskets you know yeah Uh, and then you know i gave up being an uh i was a a freelance illustrator cartoon illustrator for 20 years gave that up to become a psychic and uh, it was like you know my partner at the time was super angry about the yeah thing you know so it was always you know but i always had that sort of sense of you know yeah this is what I'm meant to be doing, sense of my destiny, I guess. But understanding it from the spiritual point of view, it gave me such confidence about what I do. It's like, you know, yeah, this is how I am. And, mm-hmm. you know, these traits that maybe I was told were, were not particularly great or felt like a curse are actually wonderful. And, you know, I can, they, they make me me and, uh, you know, and I uh, it made me proud to, to be the person that I am instead of kind of ashamed of it and yeah you know, almost almost worried people are going to see through me or something mm-hmm. like, you know there's some kind of fatal flaw in me or, or whatever so for for, for the um, self-acceptance point of view that was a really big one um, for me and I'd encourage anyone to do it because it can help you if you're unclear about the the work that you do one of the things I love about the, the this work is that I did a one of these personality quizzes around about this time that I started doing this work and I, I filled out the questionnaire and it said okay excellent you should be an artist and I'm going oh spot on oh they said or a bank teller and I'm going, what? <laughs> very you know, different like, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, what I like about the this work is that it 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 doesn't it's it's not about sort of saying oh this is a particular career that you should do but it it's more like saying you know, here are the qualities that you're bringing of what would be a suitable occupation for you. Um, you know, sort of, I mean, if I go to your soul types as well, what, you know, more broadly looking at it, the spiritualist in you wants to have, uh, I mean, I'm just talking about career here, but the spiritualist yeah. would want you to have um, something that really brings you meaning and that uh, where people benefit from what mm-hmm. you do. The leader wants to have, um, uh, you know, learn to use your authority. You know, it's like your show. Um, the performer wants to um, kind of entertain in a way, um, 
you know, and not in a sort of goofy way, but you know, to to get points across, the creator in you needs a lot of autonomy. This is something mm -hmm. about, uh, I'm sure you know this about yourself, but um, with this kind of combination that you have, you cannot be micromanaged. No. <laughs> I, I always say to somebody like, you, it's like that, that would be the worst thing to have. It's terrible. Like, it, I lose all ability to function. It's, yeah. it's like, it goes away. I can't do any, like if someone starts to kind of micromanage me, I forget all my skills in general and I like can't see clearly. And it's happening on a soul level. What happens is that it starts with the thinker, the rational part, and it goes, oh, well, it's nothing for me to do here because I'm being told what to do. So it mm. shuts down and then it takes everything else. It's like a cascade sort of thing and everything shuts down. Um, That's... And then you, you, find, you find yourself unable to properly function. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's, I never knew how to do it in the first place. Right. It's crazy. I know, isn't it? And yes. It, I mean, it makes no sense unless you see it from that spiritual yeah. perspective. But, but yeah, like I say, it's a cascade. Each part will, will follow. The, it's almost a thinker, first of all. It just goes, well, what's my, <laughs> what am I doing here? There's nothing, you know. And then, of course, you know, you need a lot of freedom and autonomy with the creator in you. Let me just go back to your soul types. And uh, yeah, and the thinker, in, this is an interesting thing thinker in you wants to grow with everything that you do mm -hmm. um, so that you're not just helping other people to be you know illuminated and inspired and educated um, but you're growing uh, you're learning as well and then the caregiver this very very simple the caregiver just always wants to feel like everything's coming from a place of love mm -hmm. and, uh, just sense of you know um, compassion and empathy I could cry. It's so spot on. It's crazy. I mean, if you guys are listening, I mean, and also my listeners know me pretty well because I'm pretty transparent. And so I feel like they would probably be listening thinking, yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, It just, <clears throat> it does so describe me. And there's something that when you say these parts of, or you do these parts of the reading that it just gives you a sense of calm. Like maybe that's your soul going, see, okay, here we are. Like, it's just registering in some way. And it does. It helps me. It, it gives you. A, a, sorry to jump in there, but it no, gives okay. you a strong sense of uh, validation. Yes. When you have the leader in your soul types, you know that you choose that really to get things done in this life. Um, you know, to, to the, the fear the soul would have is that that you get to the end of this life and you haven't taken the opportunities, or you know, you you just kind of half lived. You know, you didn't really go for it. So choosing the leader, it's going to give you that little bit more. Um, drive, which is, um, you know, it's all about making sure that you you accomplish things and and you achieve things in this life. Um, and especially, one thing I didn't talk about is you're on the last life at level nine, and this is all. You, I'm life. so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I have a whole nother level. <laughs> I, 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 well, you know, but the, it, you could blow through that a couple of lifetimes. You know, okay. You, you don't have to. It can be pretty quick. Just, but it, it depends on what happens right now but it will feel like a busy life it'll feel like you've got a lot of things going on you're learning and growing and, mm -hmm. and so on and uh, uh yeah i mean you'll have periods maybe possibly later on in life where you know it's not quite so intense but for now it should feel like you're just like there's a lot going on mm -hmm. so soul wants it to be um could even be a little bit of a fear of boredom uh in there especially with creature mm -hmm. and thinker you know um, 
I mean, I could talk about this all day because it's all a little different. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all play together. You often see with the thinker and creator together uh, an ability to write because you've got the uh, the intellect and the the creativity together. Yeah. Um, you, well, you, you could go through your soul types and even look at it applying to, you know, whether it's uh, your writing or other activities that you do. Yeah. Yeah. If listeners are, I know there's a quiz on your website that if if someone is listening and they want to know their soul type or is it soul levels that you can go yeah soul type quiz is soul type quiz on your website ansleymcleod.com and i will link this obviously in the description of the podcast but you have three books the instruction the old souls guidebook and the transformation so if someone's listening and they're interested in this work where would you suggest they start i'd actually suggest you start with the most recent book which is the the old souls guidebook because it's a little bit more of an overview i think the Instruction is uh, is good. It's like uh, if you want to get dive in a little bit deeper, it's more of a system, and uh, you know which it really helps you put it all together. And so there's hundred elements, you know, plus lots of other nuances there. But it can you can really sort of put yourself together and see how each part is because um, you know beyond soul types, soul age, we have missions, we have challenges. Uh, investigations, talents, uh, powers, paths, and so on. So there's a lot, a lot of uh, little pieces there. So if you're interested in diving in more, then the instruction would be good for you. But I think the Old Souls Guide would, would be a good, good starting Good place point. to start. Yeah. And we didn't even touch on this, but in that Old Souls Guidebook, you talk a lot about what's happening in our culture, especially politically. I thought this was fascinating that it was very easy to see. Once you start understanding soul levels, it was really easy to see the young souls fighting the old souls. And you kind of mentioned it earlier about the woke word or whatever. And for some reason, understanding that kind of allows me this, like, I don't feel like getting angry about it anymore. It's, it's almost like, Oh, okay. Well, there's this those young souls just needing yeah. to fight or whatever it is. Well, we, but you... We're not meant to be passive about it. I mean, that's, you know, as old souls, we are supposed to guide the, the, the younger souls. You look at the, um, you know, par, pardon me for sounding judgmental, but you look at the clowns in, in Congress, you know, like, uh, particularly I'm talking about the Republican Party, which is, you know, the, the younger souls. And uh, I mean, particularly become almost like a, cartoony version of um you know young soul you know lack of experience if you like i mean all this you know the the beating up on uh trans people for example it's all Mm -hmm. fear-based but also it's it's kind of tribal you know it helps them they need a common enemy um but you know old souls don't need that sort of shit and doesn't mean to say that uh, you know everyone in the on the left is is an old soul, but much more likely. I mean, you know, I see old soul and young soul and left and right politically, you know, mm-hmm. you know, very, very connected. You know, I mean, politically, uh, you know, just in the States, you know, here you've got uh, like really old souls, like Bernie Sanders would be a, a really good example, one of the oldest souls in in that area. And, but you've got, you know, the some of the super young souls on the other side, and they do act like children. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the State of the Union, and you know, you oh my gosh, right? <laughs> you know, someone standing up and yelling, screaming, and, and oh mm-hmm. my god, you know, they're just like adolescents acting out. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so when you start to see it that way, it's it you know because 
I was always wondering when I was younger, why the hell is it? This can't be a lack of education because they do have schools, you know, uh, like to go to. I mean, um, you know, some of well, I mean, these people can be highly educated, but they can still be, you know, bigots and so ignorant in, in other ways. It's all down to the, the age of the soul. And that really what's, you know, the younger the soul, they tend to be more conservative because it, they are more afraid. Mm -hmm. Conserv conservatism keeps them safe. They want things black and white. Um, older souls is much more shades of gray and a company mm -hmm. with that. And, uh, and, you know, usually more concerned for what's happening with to other people, even if it's not your experience. Um, you know, doing the doing the right thing, standing up for trans people. I have a trans son, so I feel very strongly about that. And when I see this bullying that's going on and all these bills that they're pushing through to basically make trans children's lives harder than they are, um, it's appalling. Yeah. And none of it's, it's an interesting thing that none of it's based on reality or logic because there there's enough studies out there that will show that um, that, um, for, for example, that um, there's a very high uh, suicide rate amongst trans people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and the, the one thing that, that seems to be, that makes the big, biggest difference is acceptance, and particularly from family as well. So when you're sort of, you know, marginalizing people like that and, and victimizing them, the, the the human cost can be absolutely enormous and uh but the younger soul tends to work from a it's much more from a place of fear like i was saying and a, and a fear of the other and those they don't understand and uh with more coming actually i think from a place of sentiment uh i got feeling that it's a bad thing rather than you know i mean i'm sure a lot of the people creating bills to make life harder for trans people have never met a trans person but they don't see the humanity in them again this sort of lack of experience and empathy yeah because your empathy grows as you get become an older soul right because part in part because whoever you look at you've been there yourself but right? it's the homeless guy in the street corner or whatever your soul goes you know the, the heart goes out because your soul reminds you that yeah you were once you know what so that feels like that yeah higher level of acceptance is a sign of being a, an older soul that makes complete sense yeah I, when i read that i was like oh it just yeah it was an aha moment if i'm going to quote oprah but yeah. ainsley i know we have I, 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 what you got another point i just one more thing i just want. <laughs> what do you have like sometimes people get pissed off with me i get, I get uh, a little bit of hate mail about um being political they think you know you're you're supposed to be like you know in this area spirituality, spirituality yeah you know and um uh you know i even put in the book you know that when you ask people um you know i've had literally i've had people say to me stay out of politics you yeah know, it's ridiculous well you know uh some people thinking of course being scottish that i live in scotland but why are you so interested in american politics stay out of it you know right and you know and, and i put in the book that if you think of um Ask anybody, name three great spiritual leaders. They'll usually give the same answers. They'll say Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and uh, Jesus. And what do those three have in common? Well, it was not that they were passive and disinterested in what was happening politically. You know, they were, you know, ass-kicking forces of nature mm. and, and, you know, 
trying to change the the the, the system, mm -hmm. um, which they perceived as being unfair. So you know, when people say you know somehow, oh, they'll say to me, well, I'm I'm spiritual, not I I don't watch the news, or I'm not political. You know, um, I started saying you know, well, for every every person who says I'm spiritual, um, I'm not political. There's a ten-year-old in Texas um, about to give birth to her stepfather's baby. You know, there's there are huge issues. I mean, a lot of people, it's like it's you know, if they if they lack that empathy, they're going, well, I'm you know, I'll vote for this party because you know, my 401k is doing great, you know, and my investments are up or whatever. But you know, there there are people being horribly mistreated and you know we, we should be involved we should be aware of what's going on and uh, and and be involved politically you know that spiritual spirituality and politics are inseparable yeah i had never thought of it that way yeah. makes sense though sorry thank you for letting me of course <laughs> um well again i am such an incredible i was so excited when you agreed to do this it was just such an honor for me to get to talk to you and i really oh. appreciate you being here I loved my I reading. One or two. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. And the reading we have, I've read over my notes today and I was like, this is, it helps me get back on my path. And so you should know that about your work and thank you for doing what you do and sharing it with us. If you guys want to go check out the books, of course, I will put all three links in the description of this podcast along as everywhere else you can find Ainsley. Ainsley, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been great talking with you. You too. Thank you guys for listening. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.